Thank you, madam. It's good to have your ministry back among us again. And those sparkly shoes that carry away the offering. Would you turn in your Bible to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. I knew that even though we prayed together on uh, a recent Wednesday night for the Lord to release um, the capacities of the pastoral office in a, in a greater way, not only here, but throughout the network of the saints. We agreed upon that on first Saturday as well. And I, I know that the Lord blessed that and the Lord honored that. But I also recognize that we needed to, as a congregation, go throughout this facility like we've done for just about all of the seminars and pray over this house and ask for the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. And uh, I knew that we needed to do that. And I felt that on some, in some way, God was going to ask us to do that this morning. And it's very nice as well. We would do it anyway, but it's very nice as well that all of your internal clocks say that it's only five minutes till 11 right now. So I shouldn't have any belly grumblings uh, when, we, when we're moving a little bit later today. Um, now, the other, the other thing that um, I knew was that um, we didn't really have the opportunity to have the various ministry groups um, meet to pray. Now, I, I know, I understand that the, the worship team uh, met to pray this morning, but I'm not sure that the presbytery got to do that. So um, I was asking the Lord to really release uh, a, uh, an unusual anointing upon all of the ministries that, um, that are going to be pouring themselves out throughout this week. So as I was, as pastor, as I was concerned about those issues, I, I asked the Lord to direct us to the scriptures that we needed to share to launch into this. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 are signature points. It's the second passage that we're going to look at out of the book of Ezekiel that I was not expecting, but um, it's, this is going to be a fun morning in the spirit realm. So let's read uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. You know, we've talked a lot over the years about how the Apostle Paul spoke into a number of different churches. And he talked about grace, mercy, and peace. And he talked about 
how the church should function in, in regard to speaking in tongues and diversities of tongues and interpretation and how there should be a pneumaticos understanding of things and that the prophets and the teachers needed to be functioning. And basically the Apostle Paul set in motion a, a, through the power of the Spirit how a church should function. We don't really talk that much about what Peter thought a church should do. And because Peter didn't write, he didn't contribute that much uh, into the New Testament scriptures. Uh, we have a lot of examples of what Peter did in the in the uh, in the Gospels, and we do have uh, illustrations in some of the things that Peter did. But his opinion of what a church should be is really not scripted that much, except for here. And I want you to notice these four things that Peter says at the beginning of his first epistle that a church should recognize. The first is that the ecclesia or the eclectos should operate on behalf of the foreknowledge of God the Father. For Peter, this was imperative that we recognize that because Jesus died and gave himself and rose again and ascended to heaven, that we now should function as representatives of the kingdom of God, the ecclesia, according to what God the Father has ordained. That is so important. That is so important. We're not just doing whatever we want to do or saying, Oh, you know, we're going to try to do this and ask God to bless it. No, there is a sense of eternal identity that comes from the Father who sits upon the throne. And through that, then, we represent the kingdom. We, we were there with Peter when Jesus said uh, to them, who, who do men say that I am? And then through the end of the conversation, Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter, but the Father has revealed it. And then, you know, he spoke about the church, the ecclesia being built by, by that understanding of the Father, and the gates of hell would not prevail. Peter was the one who was having that conversation with Jesus. And so for him to begin by saying the eclectos, or the, or those that represent the ecclesia, should know that they have been foreordained by the Father. This is imperative. And, and he starts with this. Secondly, what should that eclectos do? They should be moving as saints through the power of the Spirit. This is what he says. He uses the hagiosmos. He speaks about the hagios, which is the saints, and moving in the power of the Spirit. You should be a people who are devoted to what the Father's will is. If you are foreordained by him, you should be doing what the Father has purposed from the foundation of the world. This is what Peter says. So, so far, we're in good shape, according to what the Apostle Peter says. What is the third thing? Unto obedience. Now, this is very important for us to recognize 
because there are several words that are translated as obedience. The concept of obedience in the New Testament is, is basically characterized by three things. One is that you are obeying what God has written. This is not that word. Secondly, you are obeying what people tell you. This is not that word. This word is a combination of hearing and then doing what you hear. You can look this up for yourself. This is the word that Peter uses, which implies very strongly that if we are foreordained by the Father and we're there with him, and we're moving as people who are functioning on behalf of the saintly wind, that we need to be in communication with God, listening to him. This is an active imperative. Listening and then doing what we're being told to do. Now that is going to align with the scripture. That is going to align with what we know God has already said. But this is an active thing. Obedience there means you're hearing something. You are hearing something fresh, and you are doing what you're being told to do. Now, this is great. Now, it would be wonderful if Peter would have said, obeying the Scripture. He doesn't use that term here. Even though we should obey the Scripture, there are plenty of other passages that speak about that. He could have said, you obey what's being told you by the leadership. He should have. You know, that's been conveyed in other places. So we're not taking that away. But here Peter, writing to the church about how we should function as an eclectos people on behalf of what the Father has ordained from the foundation of the world, he says that in that alignment, when you are doing what saints should do through the power of the Spirit, you better be listening to what God is saying, and you better be acting upon what he's saying to you. That's what obedience means here. And I'm very grateful that Peter says that kind of thing. Then he says, also, and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, these are churches again, and we've taught on the sprinkling of the blood on many occasions. We've gone through the scriptures and looked at this. But here, Peter says, in case anybody was just still clinging to the false idea that whenever the blood of Jesus is mentioned, that it's always the blood of cleansing from sin. That's the beginning point. But Peter here, writing to the churches about how a church should operate, speaks about the sprinkling of the blood and how imperative that is for us to be functioning as eclectos people who are ordained from the foundation of the world by the will of the Father, who are moving on behalf of the, of the power of the Spirit as saints, and who are listening to God, receiving directives from God, and doing what he says, and then, boom! You need the sprinkling of the blood. This is Peter. And any of you Catholic folks who are listening should recognize if you believe that Peter is your first pope, you should be doing this. Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Some of these things that Peter says here are just like speaking Greek backwards to most people in churches. They don't understand what these things mean. 
But this is what Peter's opinion is of those who are moving in the churches of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, all through Asia and Bithynia. He's writing to these churches. This is Peter's epistle to these churches. And you want to know what Peter expected these churches to do? Well, here it is. Here it is. And then he says, grace unto you. Keep moving in grace. Keep moving upward. Keep moving beyond. Keep functioning on behalf of what the throne of grace is saying. And accomplish what that is. Peace. Why didn't he mention mercy? Which is a common greeting throughout so much of the Scripture. Normally, that's in the middle, grace, mercy, and peace. Because what he's just said in the first three not only imply but command you to be before God, hearing what God's saying, doing what he says, and that's what mercy is. Does that make sense? So I'm very grateful for this. And let these things be multiplied to you. Let, let When you do it, then let it expand. And then let it expand again and keep growing in that way. I'm very grateful for that. So today, uh, when this, this particular time of me speaking ends, and I ask you to go throughout this sanctuary, to go through the youth room, perhaps to venture up to uh, the, uh, the chambers where the, the prophetic presbytery will be granted, or, or wherever, wherever God leads you to go, I'm going to ask you to declare the sprinkling of the blood I'm going to ask you to declare that grace and peace would be preeminent in the gathering of the saints. I'm going to ask you to affirm that we are his ecclesia. We are the called out ones. We are the ones that should be representing the kingdom of God and uh, that we would be doing the will of the Father, that we would be functioning as saints through the power of the Spirit, that we would be a people who are listening to God, hearing him, and then declaring and doing what he says, and de declaring the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus throughout this house. I love this, and this is what we must do. So I thought, as I looked at this, especially on Time Change Sunday when everybody's tired, you know, isn't it strange on Time Change you know, I set my clocks all up, you know, I had that done by about 8 o'clock, and then I'd process, well, you know, it's really 9 o'clock now. I should be going in and then praying and then going to sleep. So I, I did that, but I didn't go to sleep. And I looked with the new time, and 10 o'clock rolled around, and 11 o'clock rolled around, midnight rolled around, and I keep telling myself, I need to go to sleep. It's later than you think. And I did not go to sleep. So I just kept praying. Well, then, 2.30, I wake up, and I'm thinking, what in the world am I waking up? It's only 1.30, and so I had that discussion, but it's 2.30, and that's normally, that's what I used, that's when we used to all get up, 2.30. You know, we'd be waking up. Why am I awake? And I'm having this discussion, and I thought, well, I'll just pray. So I prayed in the Spirit until 4.15. And then I'm thinking, I should really go to sleep. 
because my alarm is going to go off at 5.30, and I'm going to wake up at 5.30 whether the alarm goes off or not, and it, I didn't go back to sleep. So I just went ahead and turned the alarm off. So I was thinking, thank God we're going to go sprinkling the blood today because uh, <laughs> I don't know how much gas I have in the tank. And you know how expensive gas has gotten. So I thought, great, thank you, Lord, for this passage. But I just had that feeling in me that there was something further that we were supposed to be doing in this place as we prayed. We definitely need to be doing what I just said. But I thought, Lord, your spirit is stirring something else in me. What is it? And so I just started to study the sprinklings in the Scripture. And I saw there's lots of different things. We've taught on this that have been sprinkled in the Scripture. There's the sprinkling of the blood. There's the sprinkling of, of the blood and oil. Uh, there, there, there's the sprinkling of water and oil. But then I came upon the passage that I'm going to ask you to. This is the only other passage we have. It's in Ezekiel chapter 36. And um, this, is, this is interesting. We've never done this before. I'm not sure that we'll do it at any time in the future. But it's about the sprinkling of water. And I think that as I read this and prayed about it, I could see why the Spirit was saying what we need to do. Ezekiel and Daniel were contemporaries. We know this. Uh, they were prophets, intercessors, at a time when there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on, when the people of God were in captivity in Babylon. And Daniel did certain things before the Lord in regard to that. Ezekiel did rather extreme things before the Lord in regard to that. They knew of each other, and they just ministered on different spectrums in the Spirit. We have both of their books in the Bible, and this is, uh, this is really a fascinating thing. But Ezekiel here talks about the, the fact that these people had been judged by God and not only sent into Babylon, but into other areas of the known world. Perhaps they, when, when the, the armies of this enemy were coming, they, they dispersed themselves into other places. And he laments the fact that uh, at the, as God was preparing the people to go back to their homeland, that the people themselves had become more like the, uh, the peoples of the lands they went to than they were the people of God. And, and he even, we'll read this, he was saying through the Spirit that when you went into the land, people would say, these are the people of Jehovah Elohim. But it was more like a mockery because you couldn't tell the difference between the people of God and the people of the lands where the people of God went. And so Ezekiel from the Lord is not happy about this. 
And so let's read Ezekiel 36, verses 21 through 27. Bless you. But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen wherever they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen whither you went. I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you And a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and will cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. This is very interesting. Now, there were occasions when water was mixed with other things, uh, we, we talked recently about when the people made that golden calf and uh, Moses ground it up, put it in water, and made the people drink it. We also know about the famous ashes of a red heifer, which was mixed with water, and that was sprinkled upon things. Ezekiel speaking not about either of those. He says clean water clean water, sprinkling. In fact, this is a rare instance of this prophetic act. But I believe that it's something that we also need to incorporate in what we do today, tangibly, physically. Now, obviously, the sprinkling of the blood you're going to do by your declaration and by whatever prophetic Uh, action that God might inspire you to do, and God is going to honor that. But the sprinkling of water, I'm going to invite you to do this in a physical way. I've got a bowl up here. I have some water and a pitcher over here that I prayed over. It's not holy water. We're not, again, going Catholic on you. You can't use it to fight vampires or anything like that. But if you see one, try it today. But we're going to do this in just a minute. But look at what he says here. The first thing is, And this is a twofold deal. We're expecting people to be coming from many nations as God's opening up our ability to travel again. And um, I'm believing that God is going to give us an empowerment that these folks who who have been made hungry for the message of the sons and the message of, of the saints that these folks who are coming out of many different places and are who are going to have to represent God where in their indigenous countries, that God would, through, the, through this 
prophetic act today that God would empower them even now to represent him wherever they are. We have had saints who have represented the Lord, been called to represent the Lord in various parts of this country and in other places, who instead of, they've been like Saul, instead of conquering and overcoming, they have become like the wicked forces in the estemis where they were called to stand. And that's a tragedy. That's exactly what Ezekiel says here. I could name some, and you say, oh, yes, I understand that. They went into a place. They were supposed to be representing the kingdom, and now they're more like the place that they went to than they are saints. We've seen that, and it, is, it has broken my heart, and I know that it has done uh, something to the heart of God. I think that that has affected the the measure of what we are as a collective of saints. And I, I, I believe that we, as we sprinkle the water today, need to ask God to cleanse that from us because that's exactly what Ezekiel's talking about here. And, and I believe that it's happening now in, 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 a, in a good timing because it means that that influence is, is going to be removed. I think also that um, over this past couple of years, uh, we've been in so many ways taken out of the, the routine, the godly routine, that was once uh, such a passionate thing that we followed it at the expense of all other things, but we were sequestered, we were hindered, and maybe, maybe our patterns that we've adopted over these past couple of years. I'm not saying that they were evil. I'm not saying, oh, it's wicked that we did this. But we've kind of become, we've, we've kind of become, and I'm just speaking from my own heart, and I know this is the way we become, I don't want to say lazy, but we've, we were forced to do things differently, and, and in some ways we let things go. Amen or ouch. And, and I think that we need to sprinkle the water saying, Father, cleanse me of that and restore to me what it is that was most precious to you and what was precious to me when I first aligned myself in being a son and a saint. And, I'm, and in that, with this last part, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not saying anything negative. We have all faced a removal due to the COVID restrictions, due to a lot of issues, uh, a removal of the things that we know God had wanted. And, and we've done them in other ways. But I think that it's time for us to say, Lord, sprinkle me in this so that what is precious to you will reemerge. And if there was something that, that we did or that we followed that was, that was a routine that served its purpose, and we, you know, we were following it more as tradition than, and as some active obedience to God, well, we can let that go. But we need to have 
a, a fresh awakening of what is most precious to God as we're going forth. So those three things stand in, in mind with this sprinkling of the water. Number one, our own patterns. Number two, those that will be coming alongside from these other places that they would have the strength and the fortitude to stand and be the people of God in the nations, in the cities, in the lands where God has called them to be, that they would not gravitate and become lukewarm by the strength of the enemy presence in that estemi. And thirdly, I believe that we have suffered in warfare those that have fallen away, those that have drifted. Some have even entertained doctrines of devils. Instead of being the flaming fire of the Lord, that fire dissipated and they began to invest their fuel into other things, almost as Demas who forsook and following the agape of this present world. We need, without being judgmental, without being critical, without pointing fingers, to use a sprinkling of the water to purge that from the, 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 the body general of the saints. And only God can do that in his spirit. Only God can do that. Listen, if God can tell the prophet to put salt in water that was corrupted and suddenly then that water is cleansed, he can do this. This is such a rare passage. Now, what does God say he's going to do through this really unusual act? Verse 26, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I'm going to talk just a moment about what new is here. It's not trading in that old jalopy of yours for a new one. That's not what this means. This isn't, you know, I was really tired of this old heart of mine. This old heart of mine, I'm tired of it. Give me a new one. No, this word means to renew, to repair. And if you study it, you'll see that this talked about rebuilding the temple. It talked about rebuilding things. So it's a replenishing, bringing things back to what God originally intended. So God, through this through this prophetic action with the sprinkling of water, God says, I'm going to restore your heart. I'm going to restore the spirit within you. This is similar to what David said. In fact, same term, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We need this. And, and I believe this is a reset moment for the Saints Network. This gathering is going to, ordained by God, position us for the times that we're going into and for the things we'll face and for the great breakthroughs that are ahead of us. Now, only God could choose something like clean water. Now, you think about water. You can extrapolate. You know, the Bible speaks about the washing of water by the Word and other things, but this is a sprinkling of water, so let's not conflate those things. This is a prophetic action. What else does God say? I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. What's that mean? What's what's that mean? Well, the best I can say is that phrase, take away a stony heart, 
take away the stony places, speaks about what a, in an agrarian society, what a farmer would do when he was, or she, was preparing for a new stretch, a new expansion of territory. You would have to go in, good soil, good, good plan, good extension, but if you're going to plant anything, you've got to get all that stony stuff out. This, this last part is expansion, getting ready for expansion. So the sprinkling of the water does three things. It, it gives a reset in your heart, the steering wheel of your life. We need that. I need that. I need it supernaturally. It's not just a, a New Year's resolution. It's, it's a supernatural measure. Ezekiel was writing this in, in, in preparation for the people returning. And hopefully, didn't work out well this way because it's all up to, to whether people are actually going to do it. Hopefully, then Israel would be that people of God that would go out into the nations and take the kingdom and expand it, which has always been what God wanted for his people to do, is what we're called to do. So this was with that in mind. So Ezekiel says, no more of this you going into a place and becoming like the people that you're sent to. You be my people, says God, where I'm sending you. And if you have done that, you need a fresh sprinkling of this water that you would be cleansed of that and that your heart then would be renewed and that the spirit within you would be renewed. What God has ordained for you to be, being renewed. And while you're at it then, instead of, of, of becoming like the people that you're called to serve, you are now God's people and you're looking forward to expansion. So those obstacles, those stony places, suddenly you're touched by the power of the Spirit. This is what Ezekiel's speaking of. And we love to talk about Daniel as we should. As he was ministering with the angelic about, um, about the people returning, and Daniel then caught a glimpse of, of what we're living right now, and he wrote eschatological scriptures concerning our day. To, we often don't think that Ezekiel wrote about our day, even though he did talk a lot of things, you know, the, the chariot that came down with God and the angels and the fiery ones and measuring the temple and the river of God and all of those things. But here is something that speaks, speaks smack dab into who you and I are, and we need this today as saints. So I'm believing that as we go through this place in anticipation, not only of the ingathering of many of our brothers and sisters, but for those that will be joining us who are part of this fellowship through live stream, but also for those that are going to be joined together in these last hours of light before darkness comes and no man can work. We need this empowerment. We need this empowerment, don't you think? We need this. And I need to have I'm speaking as pastor here. I need this atmosphere cleansed. Anything of, of, that has hindered us in the past needs to be rejuvenated and, and made right. Any, any area where the enemy has won victories, and, and, and he, that, those connections, 
whether we are not following those failings or not. Um, those things have still affected us. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. We, we keep pressing forward, but I can only speak for myself. It grieves me some of the things that the enemy has gotten away with amongst our network. It grieves the heart of the Spirit of God. And we've not judged or criticized. We've not, I've not gone up here and berated anybody from the pulpit. I've tried delicately to teach and to lead and say, okay, here's what the enemy's trying to do to you. Don't you do it. And here's why. But now God said, enough. I want a fresh sprinkling of clean water to purify, and I'm going to give you a, a renewed heart. I'm going to give you renewed spirit, and I'm going to cause you to, to have a mind for expansion through the Spirit. This is what God wants. So yes, we need the efficacy of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, the most precious element ever or that ever will be. And with all the things that that empowers, but we need this today as well. And so, what I am going to ask you to do in just a few minutes is to, um, I'm going to release you and ask you to go and just pray over this place like you've done so many times in the past leading up to seminars. And, and I'm going to ask you to declare the sprinkling of the blood and as the Spirit speaks, make those declarations and those, those measures of decree over, over what you are feeling God wants to do and welcome Him to do it. God might even say, take authority over this thing that, that the enemy might try to do. Of course, that's not going to be, uh, we're not going to focus on that. So let's not, let's not get into a spitting match with the enemy today. We're, we're dealing with our Father today. <laughs> the enemy's going to have to take a back seat. But if the Spirit says, you know, there's going to be an opposition to this thing you've just declared, bind that opposition and say, you're under my feet. But as you declare the sprinkling of the blood, I believe that God is going to invigorate a lot of things. But we're also going to sprinkle clean water. This is even... This isn't Dallas city water. This is, this is clean water. Dare I say, it's not even ozona. This is that purified water. So it's, it's, it's pure. And um, I prayed over this, but we all agree. Father, this is a simple act. It would be seeming strange to, uh, to those that are, are not part of this fellowship. But we ask that you would fulfill what you told Ezekiel uh, in regard to the people returning to that temple and tabernacle existence and ministering in the nations. So we, we declare a blessing over this. And what I'm going to do, <laughs> as you can well see, but for those of you who are needing to have everything explained, um, I'm putting this bowl right there. And I'm going to pour this water right here. <laughs> I think that's enough. I'm also going to take that other little bowl 
and put it in, in the youth room. And I'm going to take some of this holy water and I'm going to put it in there. And what I'm just going to ask you to do, you know, you don't have to spin around or wave a chicken over your head or any of those things. You just get some water and make the declaration. If you, if you just want to say, Lord, prophetically, um, let there be a, a, a clean heart and let there be a clean spirit within this house and even within my life, your life. And, and let us represent you as your people in the places that we go. And let, let us not become polluted with the things uh, that are, that are uh, established in the demonic in that area. Put, put a prophetic hedge upon us and give us a restoration. Uh, for what your purpose is. And let us have a, a, a mindset from you that would declare what you want to do, the points of expansion. Let us know what Israel ought to do. And it's just a simple thing. He said, well, oh, what's that going to do? Well, same thing could have been said to Ezekiel. Now, what's that going to do? But this is a prophetic act by a man that was a contemporary of Daniel, a mighty prophet of God who moved powerfully in the things of the Spirit. And when God said the people are going to be brought back, this is what God said you must do for that to be um, the impartation of the Spirit to those people. So, again, I mean, I'm, I, I, I was somewhat amazed that God would direct us to do this. But I'm really thankful for it because it's the simple things that confound the wise. And, and we've needed this for a long time. You know, part of this is I'm grateful because we really are at a time of breakthrough. We really are at a time where, where things are opening and we've got to be very clear to obey where God says when God says and not just go according to our own mindset but th we need this empowerment and it, it is from the prophet Ezekiel through the power of the spirit and so um, I ask father that you would honor this prophetic action and that you would use your people in a new way and that you would prepare this house with the sprinkling of the blood and with this prophetic this prophetic directive of clean water and that you would that you would make this place ready for the ingathering of the saints and that you would cause us lord to experience you in precious new ways Ways that you've ordained from the foundation of the world. We want to be ready for that. Help us, Father. Use your people now as we go throughout this place, our home, your church, the Father's church, and make this place ready. We ask you, Father, for those that are uh, part of this saint's family in many different places around the world, Lord, I release this same unction to each of them. And wherever you are today, you can take this passage of Scripture. I firmly believe this is a rhema from God. 
And you can use clean water where you are. Sprinkle it upon yourself. Sprinkle it upon the place where God has called you to serve. And um, wow, speaking for all the pastors, I think that we all would say, Lord, if we're honest, we need a, a reset. We need a refreshing. And um, Lord, use your people and use this point of obedience. And we end by saying <laughs> what you started with in regard to Peter's words. We are your ecclesia. We are your eclectos. We are saints devoted to the power of your spirit. And we are those who will listen and do what you say. The sprinkling of the blood is ours. Grace and peace multiplied. Great favor, as it were. But what you have told us to do today, we're going to obey. And that's praying, declaring the sprinkling of the blood, and the physical obedience of sprinkling water. We thank you for it, Father. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, let's go and pray. And um, God bless you all. May he use you. Amen. Now I'm going to go and get the water ready in the youth room. So stay as long as you want. Let's believe for his move. Amen? Thanks.